Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Two Drunk Fans. Gab, what are you drinking? I am drinking a margarita. Oh, an actual a... margarita with tequila in it. That's a coincidence. Well, no, it's not, because I walked into this event with a margarita, and then you ran out and spent 20 minutes making simple syrup. It was not 20 minutes making simple syrup. It was like 10 minutes squeezing limes and 10 minutes making simple syrup. Exactly. Okay, fine. <laughs> but we're both drinking margaritas. Yeah. Mine's actually pretty light on the stuff that makes it a margarita, because actually what I really wanted was like limeade. <laughs> we, we had fresh limes and we had simple syrup and the, you know, there's like a splash of tequila in there to make me believe it's a margarita, but really it's a... It's a sweet little limeade. There you go. Anyway. A sweet little limeade. That's, that's me. That's gotta be that's gotta be your pet name from somebody. Oh, my sweet little limeade. Not from you, God. Ugh. Nope, not from me. It sounds terrible who, coming from you. Who cares about you in that sort of way? Well then give, no one will ever to use give it. you give you a pet name. Ugh. I don't know what my pet name would be for somebody. I guess it would depend on our context and history. I'm not like a big baby kind of person, you know, like babe, baby, sweetie, honey, none of that stuff. I didn't think I was until recently. And it's just kind of happened. I'm more likely to walk in and be like, hey, shit, Lord, how was your day? <laughs> shit, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> to show that I okay. care, but, you know, I'm not in touch with my emotions. We all we all have our own ways of dealing with feelings. Uh-huh. Anyway, I know you have feelings and I have feelings because lots of soccer things happened. Isn't it crazy how like we're in week 4 and it just it feels like it's in cruise control and it's awesome and things are happening and I get upset about things and it just it sucks that the off season is so long. Because I really like this feeling. Yeah, it would be nice if, A, the regular season was longer. So more games, like, uh, what is it? It's 12 home games this season. So if we expanded to, like, 14 home games, maybe, eventually, something like that. Um, mm -hmm. And then also a longer preseason. Because several coaches mm -hmm. now have said the short preseason is what's causing all these injuries. Do you really think so? Yeah. I think Rory Dames has said it. Matt Beard has definitely said it. He's like, you, this is what happens when you try to get 20 people up to pro speed in four weeks. It's just, you know. So so what's the solution to that? Longer preseason. Or is it more, is, is it more of a, like, remember a while ago we were talking about how there could be like a, exchange program with another country that does their season in our winter mm -hmm, like australia yeah like what if what preseason just wasn't preseason and what preseason was just the gap in between leagues i think the problem with that is a leagues with opposite seasons from us are kind of limited basically to australia right now 
Um, Australia has limited room for us, and they're not really pro. Remember Keelan Winters telling, I think it was us, True. that they're not pro, True. they're semi-pro. So it has limited utility to us. The, a permanent solution is, I think, a longer preseason, mm-hmm. which will come when teams have more money and resources. Mm-hmm. Which will come, I guess, maybe three or four years from now. Oh God, that's so far away. <laughs> but it's so think, far away. I think it's telling that I'm not worried about us reaching three or four years from now. Right? It's not too shabby. Anyway, several things happened. <laughs> what, what What do we want to start with, though? So several several things happened today. <laughs> um, I don't know what we're gonna start. Do you want to just start with the? Do you want to start with good news or bad news? Let's put it that way. Um, I don't know what bad news is. Well, not bad for us. Maybe bad for a certain Frenchman. Well, yeah. Let's start with let's start with that because then that talks about international, and then we can talk about yeah, yeah. Let's start there. So, U.S. Soccer filed a formal complaint with FIFA against Olympic Lyonnais owner Jean Michel Olas. Um, over player tampering, because you'll remember, he starts tweeting at Allie Long after she helps Portland equalize in their 2-2 draw with Seattle, and he's like, why don't you mm-hmm. come here next year? And maybe U.S. Soccer, looking at what he's done with Alex Morgan, is like, wait, wait, no, 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 no. It's not just harmless, like, whatever. This is a, a team owner deliberately interfering with a player who's on contract with us, and we don't like it. So we would like you to stop. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, this guy's not fangirling at Ali Long, being like, oh my god, Ali Long, I really wish you played in France. I really, I really would love to see you more often. Please, please unblock me. XOXO. Yeah, he said, hello, Ali, everyone, hope you come to uh, OL with Alex next year to win the next title in in French and in Europe. Maybe a little bit of English translation problem there, but he, the gist was, you know, we all got it. And Merritt Paulson was so cheesed off. He's left the tweet up. He hasn't deleted it. Nope. Of all the tweets for him to leave up, he is. I'm actually quite surprised he hasn't pinned it. He tweeted back, rather than courting players under contract, act with class and bring your women's team to see how they do versus the Thorns. So first of all, very bold, Merritt. Second of all, I think Leon might beat the Thorns in undignified ways and third of all wow yep it's it's quite the juicy like that was quite the juicy thing to wake up to on sunday (laughs) of like what is happening in my world are we really gonna get a friendly for the thorns i mean that would be be cool that would be awesome Uh, but but it just makes me wonder like all of the shady shit that's actually happening not on social media yeah, that was the other thing that I was wondering about, because is it just the tweets, or did Long report something back to U.S. Soccer where it was like, it was more than that, guys. He's like actually trying to get in contact with me and drag me over to Leon for next season. Or yeah. Whatever. Who knows? I mean, so so what's Ali Long's play at this point? I think it's something like, okay, this guy is reaching out to me, and he is saying I can make X amount of money, live in this place, have this car, have these sponsors. I want to pursue it. 
right? Like it could be as innocent as Allie Long would like to pursue this opportunity. Mm -hmm. But then she goes to U.S. soccer and starts inquiring about her contract. Maybe her agent goes to U.S. soccer to be like, hey, what are the chances that Allie could do this? And maybe that's a huge red flag for U.S. soccer to go, what the fuck are you even talking about? Like, you are under contract. You are playing in this league. Like, what is this person even making you this offer for? Because that's just not the way you do business in pro sports. No, you talk to somebody's agent. Yeah. Not on this, like, weird kind of creepy Twitter borderline harassment bullshit. But, I mean, this guy did this exact same thing to Alex Morgan for, what, two years? Yeah, and now look where she is. I know, right? I mean, all else he gave that article, uh, he gave some interview in French where he was like, yeah, it was hilarious. I was just joking on Twitter. I don't actually sign players that way. And I'm like, mm, but you have to understand what it looks like, you know, man? Like, And he did. Like, he, he tweeted it at her and ended up signing her in the end. Like, so as much as he wants to say, if I want to sign a player, I'll go through her agent. It just doesn't look like that's what he actually does like you have zero credibility at this point you can't joke about like oh i i'm gonna do this thing and then you do exactly what you joked about and go but the jokes don't count because i was just joking about it back then like i wasn't Mm -hmm. actually gonna do it it was just a joke i just happened to do it you know what i was joking about later they're not related it's like Mm -hmm. but dude but dude but dude but Dude, so dude, I, can, like, I can see like you you just it's the cry wolf thing, right? Yeah, so I can see how you have soccer looking at Alex Morgan to Leon, Carly to Man City, Crystal Dunn to Chelsea, going like, no, 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 Mm-mm. no more. We're gonna we gotta plug the hole. Do you, I mean? Do you think that's it though? Do you think that it really is the flight of those three players, or do you think that it's them? responding to Mayor Paulson going, dude, this guy cannot do it this way. That could be it too, because Merritt has sway at U.S. soccer. Okay. He does. At least, you know, when it comes to NWSL. Sure. I mean, he's he's got a stake in the race, but, you know, I, I wouldn't give him too much credit. Isn't that just what you suggested, though? That because Merritt Paulson complained, U.S. soccer was, like, pushed to take the next step? I wasn't necessarily saying it's because Mayor Paulson complained, but I'm not saying that they're trying to block Allie from leaving because Crystal Dunn did, because Alex Morgan did, and because Carly Lloyd did. I think that they're responding to an NWSL owner saying, hey, you can't do this. Okay, okay. You can't poach my player. I, I would hope that they would have the same reaction to, you know, if Man City had gone after... Carly Lloyd in a similar fashion and Houston Dash did the same thing. Okay. Right? I, I would you, hope so. You just, we, we, we don't have the same paper trail for those other ones. I mean, we do for Alex Morgan because mm-hmm. he did the exact same thing with Alex Morgan, but we don't have that same paper trail um, with Carly to Man City because when we finally heard of the rumor, she was basically letting the ink dry. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, um, I can agree with that. But I'm not saying that Mayor Paulson is in good graces of U.S. soccer. Ergo, he could call them up and say, hey, guys, I'm Mayor Paulson. Do this thing for me. Call up Sunil while he's over in Bahrain right now. Be like, hey. Um, no, I don't think I don't think Mayor 
would do that or could do that. Yeah. We'll see how that plays out. At least it might get Olas to stop tweeting at players in this weird, gross way. That'd be interesting. I would like it to stop because it's weird and gross. Isn't it? Okay, now do you want to talk about the happy news? Which one? The one that matters to you more. Yes, I do. Um, so, U.S. Soccer is hosting games. I'm just kidding. Uh, so, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, fun fact today. Um, the city of Portland is going through this review process to see some expansions that the the Timbers and Thorns ownership group are planning to do to the stadium that the team plays in. And it's adding an additional like 4,000 seats and it's going to be a lot of major construction. And this, this facility is owned by the city. And, and so they have to go through a bunch of just uh, city planning processes and things like that. So today there was this um, vote by the city commissioners to either approve or, or not approve the, the current plan. And so this big, this big meeting um, where a lot of the projections went up and everything like that. But as a result of this meeting, it passed, by the way, unanimously. Um, Everybody's on board with the plan and the direction and all that stuff. But the coolest part of all of this um, is the fact that the city and the team are working together to try to help supplement player salaries um, through internship programs. Um, when right before Commissioner Amanda Fritz went through her vote um, or cast her vote, she kind of had the soliloquy where she got to explain um, her position, her her memories, things like that. And she brought up the fact that players are not paid well. Um, and unless you play for U.S. soccer, you're you're not being compensated at, at, in an appropriate way. And so Portland has decided to work with team sponsors to find internship, paid internship opportunities for the players who are not part of the U.S. soccer group, which I think is fantastic. It's creative. I hope that it is successful. Uh, I guess they had a pilot um, last year where they they had a player who was an intern with Parks and Rec, and that that went really well. So really hoping that there's a lot of positive news that comes out of this, and that hopefully other teams and other cities or other other organizations uh, take advantage of it. So I think that's really cool. It's not happening yet. But Commissioner Amanda Fritz said they're developing it. And I believe mm-hmm. her son Luke on Twitter said she's been working on it for years. So I think in the video as well, she said, um, the video of the council meeting, she said she wanted to have a proposal ready to go for the next vote that they have in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So cool. I am fully behind this. I... I mean, it not only is it good for players in just supplementing their income, but it actually speaks to. Um, so a couple of years ago, when we talked to the Nickies, and after that they both retired, and and we um, were kind of inquiring, like, 
why retirement? Why now? What do you think is a fundamental issue uh, within NWSL? They actually came up with, you know, players need more stability. They need to be learning more, like, like they can't just play soccer. They need to be earning their coach's license or they need to be learning more life skills. That's because the soccer career is so short that I really think this is a huge opportunity for these internships. I mean, if you're, if you're taking on a women's soccer player as an intern and it's, you know, not probably not a full paid position, it's probably not including benefits or anything like that, but you're taking them on, they're learning the business and they're getting that type of experience that they can then maybe parlay into a career post soccer. Yeah, it's it's money, experience, networking, right? Exactly. And it looks good for sponsors. I mean, I'm I'm a paying fan, right? And I cannot wait to hear who is giving my players jobs because I will be frequenting those businesses. I will be purchasing those products. I will be subscribing to whatever they do because that's another way that you grow the game. So this reminds me of the deal that the Breakers made with Southern New Hampshire University, where they're the quote unquote official higher education partner. And what this basically means is the players can earn a degree through the university. Now, I couldn't get details on like, will the degree be free or like reduced costs? What's the deal? But there seems to be a plan in place that like eases the way for players to get graduate degrees. And the university does seem to have like sports management offerings or, or stuff related to athletics. So mm-hmm. this Portland deal, the Breakers deal, um, teams getting creative to find ways to increase opportunity for their players and get them paid. Um, I think that's all really good. If you don't have the money yourself, then finding a partner that does have the money is great. Mm-hmm. So good job, Portland. The really Fantastic. Im- way to lead the way. The really important thing to me, though, is um, they had an intern in Portland Parks and Rec. So where is the parody from the Thorns? Right? <laughs> where is that behind-the-scenes video? Who on the Thorns is Leslie Nope? Oh, God. Like, ultra-organized, very energetic, a little bit too over-the-top sometimes, but only because she loves it so much. That's tough. (laughs) I mean, honestly, that's tough because I'm struggling to think of a player that's like ultra organized. That just doesn't really fit the the female athlete stereotype. Who do you think is Leslie Nope? I mean, right now I'm thinking mostly of y'all. Ava Bush is like the Leslie Nope of FC Casey. Yeah. But for Portland, you'd need to give me a minute to really go through the roster and be like, okay, it's not sync. It's not no. It's not long. It's not Haran. I mean, Kling's got the like enthusiastic in your faceness of it, maybe. But I don't know if she has like the Leslie Nope. I don't of think it. she's ultra organized, and I don't know <laughs> if she's like. I feel like it's just coaching staff. Maybe, maybe. You know, like I, I, I feel like that Leslie Nope role is the role of the coaching staff. Are you saying Mark Parsons? But not, but not Nadine Auger. (laughs) Definitely not Nadine Auger. Uh, 
Oh, okay. Maybe it's an easier question. Who is the um... Ron Swanson? Who's the Ron Swanson of the Thorns? Like someone oh, you would trust to get make you survive in the woods. You know, someone who probably has gold buried somewhere. Oh, somebody who probably has gold buried somewhere. I mean, that's Nadine Auger. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Nadine is Ron Swanson. I just, I don't feel like any of the players, like all the players are Tom Haverford. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. A whole team of Tom Haverfords. Could you, like, I feel, I just feel like that's, like, either Tom Hammer, like, the whole team is Tom Haverford, uh, then we also have April. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have any Andes. Yeah, I mean, some- God, Andy might be Tobin, <laughs> because she's fucking still has an injured back, and he had his legs broken for, like, two seasons. If there's Toms, there's got to be a Donna in there somewhere. Adana Meagle. Totally. Um, that's got to be Allie. <gasps> okay. Okay. It's got to be. Got to be Allie Long with with the selfies. Uh huh. Yeah. Treat yourself. Well, that's all good news. Um, there's also good news that everybody else could might care about more. Sorry, Portland. Although I think it's really cool, and might serve as a pilot for uh, or an example for other teams to follow. But U.S. Soccer finally officially announced their She Believes 2 tournament, although they're calling it, what, Tournament of Nations? So U.S. Soccer's going to host another mini-tournament this summer, Tournament of Nations, July 27th through August 3rd, and they'll play Australia, Brazil, and Japan. Oh, and it's going to be West Coast, so that's Seattle, San Diego, Carson, California. I think it's cool. It's in a FIFA window, uh, and NWSL is going to take a break, although this will interfere with NWSL's schedule, because last game is August 3rd, and NWSL resumes August 4th. No player from the starting 11, because they play Japan on the 3rd, no player who, who starts in that game is probably going to be playing that weekend. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I would be surprised if any player, even on the bench, because they're traveling. They've got to travel back. Yep. Um, let's see, the, the team's playing the next day. The teams playing on August 4th are... Boston, FCKC, Sky Blue, and the Spirit. Yeah, but I don't think Portland, Houston, North Carolina, Seattle, Orlando, or Chicago are actually going to have games. With their national team players? Yeah, Yeah, with their national team players, sorry. That'll suck for Orlando if they're out Ashlyn Harris, Allie Krieger, and Marta. And Mm -hmm. and the Australians, too. Jeez, because they've got Steph Catley Mm -hmm. in there, Alana Kennedy. Oof. Mm Mm-hmm. Ashlyn Harris might be able to play depending on who was who starts in goal against Japan. But that's that seems to be it. Maybe Allie Krieger as well, if Jill Ellis doesn't really how, give her many minutes. How is Ashlyn Harris not starting in goal against Japan? I don't know, maybe Nayarl starting in in goal against Japan. Who's your number one for women's national team? It's fluctuating right now because Ashlyn will have an off week and then Nayar will have an off week and then Ashlyn will have an off week. So what you're saying is everybody sucks. I'm saying it's still one and one A for me right now. I just I mm, yeah I I just feel like for Japan it's gonna be Harris. As we've seen, Harris is more useful when you're concerned or, about a team getting in behind is, and you need a player, uh, a goalkeeper who's who's smart enough to come off our line in the right 
at the right time, right place, right time. Or is this Hope Solo's big return? Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, it's not going to be. You're, stop blowing smoke up my ass. Oh, my God. Stop it. You're wasting valuable time. Stop it. What if what if she comes back just for this tournament? No, she's not gonna. She might. That August. You don't know. I do know. She's not gonna. You don't know. I do know. How do you know? Do I mean, you know I don't know, but I know. You know. So that August fourth game, Spirit probably won't be impacted because they don't have any um, Americans who are going to be going. Uh, mm-hmm. Sky Blue will lose. Kelly O'Hara. FC Casey is going to be losing. Sourbrun. Maybe Sid LaRue. Mm-hmm. Breakers will lose. Lavelle. Maybe Oyster. Not great, Bob. Oh, Sky Not Blue great. Might, might also lose Sam Kerr because of Australia. Shit. There's yeah. a lot of players involved here. So, is August 4th our first um, unpaid amateur match? Probably. Probably. Wow. Wow. Gonna have to dust that two stick off. <laughs> <sighs> I'm gonna be so happy when I get to retire that and all players get supplemented. Like all players get compensated for their efforts. Yes, that'll be a nice day. Because it'll mean the that'll league, be a fantastic day. The league's stable enough to pay people. USA Australia in Seattle, USA Brazil and San Diego, USA Japan and Carson. And then there'll be double headers with the I think all the other matchups are going to be great. Brazil-Japan's fun. Japan-Australia's fun. Australia-Brazil, like a rematch from the Olympics, is fun as hell. So Mm -hmm. I really like this tournament. I just wish U.S. soccer would let the team rest because they're also using the other FIFA window to go play away in Sweden and Norway in June. Yeah, early June. Just let them relax. If there's a FIFA window and and WSL is taking a break, then let them have a week off rest their bodies it's a grueling season so either go to sweden and norway or have this tournament one or the other pick one i mean when has u.s soccer ever skipped an opportunity to make some money though that's how they got a hundred million dollar surplus so disgusting so disgusting i wonder if the team knew about this hundred million dollars that u.s soccer was sitting on when they were negotiating for for better pay in their new cba I don't think, like, that doesn't seem like something U.S. soccer would let them, or maybe U.S. soccer didn't even have that final figure at that time, like, accounting needed to finish. I don't know. I hope the, What are we going to do? I hope the games sell out. I mean, even though She Believes was, like, some of the ass coldest shit that I've ever had to deal with, they still managed to sell out Red Bull Arena against England. I think I think it's hilarious that you sat through that entire thing. It was so cold every time I took out my phone and like set it down, the battery immediately dropped. It would drop from like 70 to 20% within minutes. It was that cold. No, no, I'm staying home. I'm staying home at that that point. Yeah, but this will be West Coast in the summer, so I think it'll be nice. I know you don't like Seattle, but I think that'll be very nice. Seattle and I also don't think I will be going to any of these because I'm still boycotting U.S. soccer. Over. Booyah. Over. Over just everything. Over everything. Yeah. Even though the players signed their CBA. Well, fuck you and the horse you rode in on. 
you still suck. You still do money grab games. You have a $100 million surplus and tickets for these matches are going to start at $60 each. Yeah. And they announced that they're going to spend some of that surplus maybe on a like elaborate new training center because StubHub in Carson is apparently getting crowded. Like, I think that's a pretty flimsy excuse. And there was a great article by Charles Boehm where he was talking about, why don't you guys put that into development instead of like a fancy... There are 10 million fancy training centers across the United States. We love fancy athletic training centers. You don't need to build a custom one. Why don't you guys, you know, increase services to underserved communities? Why don't you put some more into girls' development? Why don't you cut coaching costs for licensing? Like it's $4,000 now for an A, $3,000 for a B... Last year, U.S. soccer generated $125 million in revenue and spent $109 million. So they they operated with a $16 million surplus, $15.5 million surplus, right? Mm -hmm. And of that revenue, they earned just through youth soccer – Four million dollars. Referees, they earned three million dollars. This is just registration and to like play in the affiliation. They earned uh let's see here, or they spent on the coaching program three point five million dollars. They spent they earned three million dollars in the referee program in terms of revenue. They spent two point seven million dollars. Like, they're already operating in a way where they're seeing revenue being carried over from the actual expenses associated with those those activities. So U.S. soccer is a business. Why they get non-for-profit status is beyond me. The taxes, baby. The taxes. Right, exactly. And by the way, you are a baby person. You just you just proved it. I don't um, use it in like an actual but, romantic context. I use it when I'm being sarcastic. I know, but you also would not call somebody a shit face or whatever you called it shit in lord? a romantic way. Yes, I would. No, you would not. I probably called a girlfriend a shit lord at some point, but in an affectionate way. At, at some point, at some point, but that wouldn't be your pet name for her. It might be eventually. I mean, it depends on what you like in the bedroom, but, you know, that's up to you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is what happens when I drink on the podcast. Aren't you still at work? I am. I'm in my new office. Oh, God. Well, let's Mm -hmm. let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. The U.S. soccer bit or the whole podcast? No, I mean, our friendship. Let's just wrap it up. All right. Okay. Make sure you put a rubber on. What? What? Wrap it up. Stop drinking so much. (laughs) (laughs) you're just so fast and slippery on this podcast you know hey that's the way i like it i hope you have fun if you go to the games it's nice that they're headed back to the west coast after you know east coast and texas for a bit so totally it's uh it's it's always nice for u.s soccer to spread the love out but i mean money grab money grab money grab hopefully Japan that we know and love shows up and not the Japan that is a little bit on the struggle bus. Um, It sucks that they're going to impact NWSL. It's one of those things where we're like, well, (sighs) I thought we were past this. 
Yeah, I thought it would be better this year because there's no major tournament, but U.S. Soccer made a new tournament to impact the season. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. what can Yay! you do? Yay! Way to way to go, U.S. Soccer! You got creative. What can you do? We'll just let's just talk about the results from the league, and then we'll jump right into Week Five. Do you want to do that? That's that's let's all we it. can control. What were our scores from score predictions? What what points oh, did God. we get? Uh, last week, we both earned three points. <laughs> we both got Chicago-Houston, right? Yes? We started the week off strong. We The first game of the weekend, we both predicted it would be two to nothing, Chicago. Sorry, Houston. We have no faith in you. Um, and so we both got three points from that. Mm-hmm. And then mm. everything else. Um, everything else was completely off base. Um, what we did predict though is uh, we we under predicted what the goal total for the entire weekend would be. Oh. The team scored 16 goals in total. We both predicted 13 and 14 goals. Hmm. So while last week we kind of knew or we learned that we were over estimating what the over predicting what the goal totals would be this week. You, uh, NWSL said, ha ha, fuck you suckers. Okay. We're going for it. We could not have predicted there would be three own goals in three games in a row. No one could have predicted the spirit sky blue four three game. Like Saturday was bonkers. That was bananas. Let's talk about Spirit Sky Blue 4-3. First of all, Franny Ordega had a hell of a game. I think she was faltering a little at the end there, but that'll happen when you're you know, trying to go all out for the first 75 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought Sky Blue might pull it back and, and equalize for 4-4, but it just was not to be. You know what? I did see this kind of thing coming from the Spirit, though. Not this exact scoreline, but you'll remember last week, I was like, they're just not that bad they're not good Mm -hmm. but they're not desperately bad they just have a lot of injuries a lot of bad luck right now and you know i think they they showed it not that sky blue was particularly good on the day they're once again relying on kelly o'hara to set everything up and sam kerr was just not quite on it but still sam kerr is a liability sometimes so i think once washington spirit gets some players back settles down a little bit more they'll certainly be capable of um not necessarily another four goal game but of, of putting up a fight so okay um portland seattle what you, you had predicted three to nothing i had predicted two to nothing jess fishlock had two goals of her own <laughs> seattle scored three out of the four goals that happened in that game seattle did score three out of the four goals uh jess fishlock she, I mean, I've did always that to known you. that love and hate are very close to each other in terms of, like, emotional... Um, like, sometimes you can get confused between love and hate, right? Mm-hmm. They're the opposite sides of the same coin sometimes. Yes, sometimes. And and so, you know, just Fishlock, thank you. <laughs> well, well, what about the Thorns? It feels like they're still struggling to really make it happen in the last third. They're absolutely on struggle bus. Like, I, I don't get it. I don't get how you have a midfield the way that they do, and you have as much space in the midfield the way that they do. Um, like, they, they have an all-star, they have a world-class midfield, and 
they like teams are just owning the thorns in the midfield. I think Amandine like Henry's... Lindsay Huran, yeah, Amandine Henry, like those two are working their ass off for almost no result. I think they're both struggling. Huran's yeah mediocre. Henri has been surprisingly mediocre to me. Allie Long's trying her hardest, but she can't carry the entire midfield she's, on her back. She's covering too much latitude. Mm-hmm. She's trying to be defensive, but she's also trying to be that offensive spark. Are you meaning longitude? Not latitude? Because latitude is, is across and longitude is up and down, right? Yes, I mean longitude. Okay. But she's yeah. supposed to I do just that. said a fancy word and I wasn't trying to be scientific. She's a about box it. to box midfielder. She's supposed to be covering that ground. But they're also supposed to be tightening up all of the ground that she has to cover at any given point. You think it'll change up when Tobin Heath is finally healthy, if she's ever healthy? I mean, in in August, sure. <laughs> this could be a totally different team in August. Mm-hmm. You know who I What's going to happen at Tobin is Tobin's going to come back for one match in June, then go off and do camps and then she's going to go off and do this Four Nations One Cup tournament. Oh god. Which is what we're calling it by the way now cuz that's in my brain, Four Nations One Cup. She's going to go off and do that and then she's going to get injured again and we're going to see her for a total of four games this year. You know who I think is not really helping Portland right now is Nadia Nadim. Correct. I think Nadia Nadim on Portland is good, and Nadia Nadim on any other team is mediocre to bad. Mm-hmm. She looks better than she is because she has such phenomenal support underneath her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think right now in Portland, she's not making much of a difference. No, not at all. And I think... Now, someone we both know, Nomad PDX, had a note that the team seems disconnected from Christine Sinclair at the moment as well. Mm-hmm. What do you feel about that? I I just, we're not playing to anybody's strengths, right? With, with a squad like this, you should be expecting, like, Tobin Heath, the reason why Tobin Heath has been such a linchpin for this Thorns team and this roster is that she is acts like a highlighter. She knows how to play to other players to make them look better than they are. And we don't have a player right now who's doing that. And so they're all trying to fill that gap, fill that void. But in, in they're, they're all like almost overcompensating. And so you have a, a bunch of people in the middle who are overcompensating. Therefore, nobody is playing anybody the way that they should be. Well, we diagnosed the problem it's, for you, it's Mark hard Parsons. To watch. I'm it's, sure it'll be easy to, to fix. It is hard to watch. You know what was hard to watch? Uh, Boston and North Carolina? Yeah, but it's not because North Carolina stomped us because they didn't. It's because they beat us 1-0 off a set play. Yeah. Which, before the game even, I was saying to other people, you know, if we lose, as long as we don't lose like we did last season, I think that's good. And I didn't realize how much I was lying to myself and wanted a real win, <laughs> or at least a result. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe we could have pulled it out. But both coaches at the end of that game were like, it was a very frustrating game. Matt Beard flat out said, I don't think either of us deserve to win it tonight. I think I would agree with that assessment. Um, neither team particularly looked like they were outright winning now north carolina didn't look bad but 
Boston was mostly able to deal with them, which is a lot more than you can say for last year. Yeah, so so yeah, I was disappointed that Boston didn't get a result. But I think what progress to actually be disappointed that Boston didn't get a result instead of being disappointed because they got their asses beat 7-1. That is that is progress. <laughs> I'm 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 mad you guys lost in different ways than last year. <laughs> I uh, I still love you, I guess. Uh, you will always love them. Hey shit lords. You did good. There you go. There you go. You found a place to use it. All right. FCKC versus Orlando Pride. Marta scored her first goal. She did. Um, I was very confused by this game because I thought, for whatever stupid reason, FCKC was winning for most of the game. Mm-hmm. What I, I have no idea why, but I was like, oh, FCKC is up one to nothing until Marta scored her goal. And then I almost actually tweeted like, oh, scoreboard guy updates the score because and then I read it. and I was like, wait, zero to one Orlando. <laughs> wow. I thought FCKC had a goal and then they tied it up. And I was like, wait, oh, man, I've just been confused this entire match because I. I don't I don't know what I was smoking on mm-hmm. Sunday, but it was alternate good universe, stuff, I guess. apparently. I thought this was a decent game for Allie Krieger, who has had a kind of a rocky season so far. I mean she's had some bad games before this, but this game I thought she was a little better. She was very involved. I have the Opta stats and she did have the most touches and passes out of any player for Orlando, which, you know, indicates their their reliance on that right sided attack. But she, at the same time, her passing accuracy out of that right side was 82.5%. So, Mm -hmm. yes, defender passing percentages can get kind of weighted because a lot of times they're making that sideways or that safe back pass. So, of course, it's going to be better than a midfielder who is, you know, making passes in more dangerous areas. But at the same time, I think it's good to see her having a better game, at least going by the numbers, um, because... I don't know how I would feel if I saw Allie Krieger's decline like right before my eyes. Like, oh, she's not as good, you know, she's she's not national team material anymore. I would just feel so weird about mm-hmm. it. And as we know, it's about my feelings. It totally is. This entire podcast is about your feelings. Yeah. I We made a podcast so we could talk about our feelings. So in that way, yes, literally this podcast is about my, but you know, not entirely, just 50%. Or maybe 60. I mean, not your feelings. Sometimes you have stronger feelings than I do. And sometimes I beat you. Yeah, sometimes. I don't have a lot else to say about this game. <laughs> Feelings, man, they get us confused. I do think that this is a sign of Orlando maybe starting to pull it together a little bit, but also a sign of FCKC. Like, FCKC and Seattle, the two teams that everybody used to be scared of, are kind of going into a slump. Um, obviously, they both have personnel issues, so it's it's not that, you know all of a sudden the coaches are just bad. It's A, personnel, and B, a little bit that I think the other teams are starting to figure them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I I do think, like, I, slump is, is difficult. Uh, I think Seattle in particular can play with moments of brilliance, but they are a team that has been struggling. I mean, that's just what happens. No no team is dominant forever. You have peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. And right now, I think they're headed a little bit into a valley. And eventually, Laura Harvey will make some kind of crazy trade and and 
you know, rework her team and maybe dig her way out of it. That'll be the true test mm-hmm. of her as a coach. When you're new and people don't really know you and you succeed with a wizard roster, of course, you're going to win a lot. But now everybody has had, you know, five years to figure out Laura Har- four years to figure out Laura Harvey. She doesn't have the same personnel around her. So how does she work her way out of this problem? I think that'll be mm-hmm. the true test to see if she's a, a good coach or a truly great coach. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if Laura Harvey takes that USF position. That'll be open very, very soon. Mm. What, the U23 gig? Nope. The head coach gig? Yep. You think Jill Ellis is going to be out before 2019? We talked about this like four episodes ago. I don't remember what I had for dinner last night, man. We talked about how if Jill Ellis doesn't like turn the program around and start winning a little bit more, then she's on her way out. And we theorized about Harvey taking over that position. And then like in the next week, she talked about getting involved in youth programs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now I remember. I just needed the the prompt, you know? Yeah. I just needed you to type the search term into the bar so I could access. Okay. Totally. Search term entered. Mm-hmm. We've already we've already gone down that rabbit hole. I think Laura Harvey still wants to build something in Seattle, but we might be nearing the end of her timeline for building it. Like her, her Maybe, own, I don't her know. Perspective. Or or she might stay with them for ten years. As long as she continues to have good seasons with them, you know, and gets them into playoffs, then I don't see how they would want to fire her. I don't see Seattle ever getting rid of Laura Harvey. I see Laura Harvey moving on. Yeah, yeah, same. If she left Seattle, it'll be because she's like, all right, I've done everything that I think I've I done do every. Here. Yeah, exactly. I've accomplished my professional goals here. Mm-hmm. Let's let's tackle something else. Yeah, I or let's I'm not... let's let's grab another train wreck and make it better. Mm-hmm. Needs a new challenge. Yeah. So challenges. What about what about this week? First game, Houston Dash Sky Blue on Saturday. This is a uh-huh. Houston home game. What are you saying? Oh, God, I have to go first. Um, I am saying one to two, New Jersey. Oh, Morgan Burnett's back, though. She's back, but she's not back-back. So I think at most she's going to get a half out of this game because she subbed in late All right. in the last game. I'm, I'm sticking with one to two. What have you got? I'm going to call this two to one for Houston. Oh, yeah. All right. I like it when we're not on the same page. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Seattle's at home playing Washington. Uh, f- it's family night at Memorial Stadium. Two to one for Seattle. All right. I am going to say three to nothing. Wait, wait, wait. I, I'm going to say two nothing for Seattle. Sorry, Washington. Two to nothing for Seattle. And I'm saying three to nothing for Seattle. Yeah. Okay. Kansas City versus Portland in Kansas City. God, I hate this match. This is like my least favorite match of the year. Ooh, this would be the game where FC Casey pulls it together. Uh, sorry, buddy. I'm going to say 2-1 to Portland, and I hope it's not a jinx. Okay. Um, I am going to say 1-1 to Portland yeah. and Kansas City. Yeah, I, I think you're probably going to get this one closer than me. I don't know. Watch this, the seven-goal game. Of the <laughs> uh, and then Sunday, Orlando versus North Carolina is at home in Orlando. Oh, boy. I'm going to call this 3-1 to one for North Carolina. I mean, Marta scored her first goal. Yeah. 
Is that a watershed moment? I think a little bit it is, but at the same time, she's one woman. NC is good all over the field. She scored her yeah, goal. Yeah, but if, if she's scoring goals, then she's an asset for that team. Yeah. Well, so what? Do you, so give us, give us your score prediction. Mm. See, but then it's like, is Orlando the team to, to stop North Carolina's winning streak? I don't think they are. I really don't, I don't think, think they, they are. are either. I think oh, I'm going to say 2-2-2. Two, two, two. I'm going to say that the best result for Orlando they can get out of this is to, to hold strong against NC, not necessarily to over to be stronger than them, you know? I'm saying 2-2-2. Two two. Okay, okay. And then Chicago-Boston in Chicago. Oh, God. Boston's not great away. <laughs> great away, come great away. This is the season they're supposed to change that, although most of them were talking about we need to earn as many points at home as possible. Because <laughs> we're not great away. And they're playing against a listener. Oh, that's going to be so hard for you. I know. I'm going to call this 1 1 tie. I'm thinking of Boston's improved defense, but Chicago looking good through Kristen Press. So. For this one, I am going to go out on a limb oh God. and say one to two Boston. Oh, Christ. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, I guess. Uh, oh, boy. Those are our predictions right. for week five. No, no take backsies. Yeah. They're locked in. Join us with your predictions. So All right. It's locked in. We're saved. Long live Woso.